focus. Focus. The tide is coming in. But we've just begun our picnic. We aren't done with our game. Collect your beach blankets and playthings while you can. For the tide waits. For no man. Alright, welcome to another exciting week of processing college football. The college football podcast designed to educate and entertain. As always, you have me, Jason Randazza, broadcasting from back in New York City. And you have Mark Catlin, broadcasting from Princeton, New Jersey. Home mm-hmm. of, I don't know if you knew this, Mark the college football team with the motion national championship titles jason i know this because people tell it to me every single day (laughs) oh you're an alabama fan yeah well you know has the most national titles right (laughs) the princeton tigers when there were like four teams that existed (laughs) well good for them so this is our week nine podcast meaning we're going into week nine but also this is our ninth episode we are going to review week eight. Week eight was much calmer than week seven, which is good. We needed a bit of a breather after last week. But you know what it, it made me think about when I was just considering the whole college football season on the whole? It's that we are over halfway through the season now. Uh, truthfully, we were last week. But I don't know. That's a little tragic. H- have I have I done enough to make the most of this season? I'm not sure. Mm. Well, that's a deep question, Jason. <laughs> I don't know how well, we should have processed that ourselves before we got on. I feel like I need to take a moment. Have I done enough? Right. I don't know. If I had um, it all to do over again, how would I change it? You know, you know what, Jason? I wouldn't change a thing. I think I think you especially. You've done a great job, man. Yeah. Uh, here's a question before we get into all that, though. I mean, sure. week seven, we do define chaos as week seven of 2017 mm-hmm. college football season. Yeah. We didn't week say eight. week eight. So no, no, no. We no, no week seven. Um, so week eight, you know, it was calmer, but how was your week? You had a birthday celebration and, and an anniversary celebration. I did the first one. Um, Ah. so as far as the first year of marriage is concerned, I pretty much nailed it. I mean, it's one for the history (laughs) books. Definitely. Yeah, wow. no, uh, it wow. was great. We we took in a Broadway show. Uh, we got uh, some amazing Italian food that I didn't cook myself, which was nice. We took a walk through the park. Um, so the anniversary celebration I also nailed. I mean, I'm just really good at this. And I would invite my wife to, you know, debate that on Twitter, but she refuses to get on Twitter and tweet us. So, so she's just going to have to settle for my version of events, uh, which again oh, is wow. accurate. Um, maybe, maybe a shameless appeal to try to get somebody to tweet. I like that. <laughs> you, you know what? We've actually been getting a lot of questions about Mark, and I regret that I've been negligent in in bringing it up since week one. But but tell me how your daughter is enjoying kindergarten. <laughs> Uh, she is loving kindergarten. She's like she's like the queen of kindergarten. She comes home every day and teaches us something about what she learned. It's fantastic. That is fantastic, and I, I hope that spirit stays with her. Because you know what I've learned um, this year is that uh, the more you know, the less you know. So learning is kind of a futile effort. I'm, I'm sure you can just pass that along to her and tell her how yeah, fruitless... At, yeah, 
all of this is, uh, because the more I've learned about college football, the less I, I clearly know. I told you this. I, I am playing in a college football pick'em league with like 800 other people. After the first week, I was ranked fifth. I mean, so were 40 other people, but I was ranked fifth. The next week, you know, you and I, we processed more stuff. I was ranked 13th, and then like 28th, and now I'm like 130th, and it's all because I think I'm learning more, and I'm not just picking based on my gut. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll pass that along to her. Uh, let me see. Hold on. I'm jotting it down. Learning is fruitless. Okay, got it. Yeah. That's the only lesson you really need to know. Okay, yeah. The only lesson. Here's the only thing you need to learn. Learning is fruitless. Got it. All right. Molly will like that. <laughs> so let's get started. But actually, you know what? Jump the gun here. We were about to process a few things, but if you have questions and you want us to answer or have any topics you want us to discuss or terms you want us to define, send them in. You can reach us on Twitter at ProcessingCFB or email us at ProcessingCollegeFootball at gmail.com. So, the things I want to process this week, Mark, I think before the show you mentioned this happens about once a week, uh, making it more rare than I would have thought, but uh, it is the flea flicker. It's apparently a play. I don't know what it is. Uh, it involves the football. I'm guessing that's the thing being flicked. <laughs> it involves the football, yeah. It does involve the footballs, indeed. Um, so a flea flicker, I mean, I think it happens at least once a week. It's uh, pretty. It's like probably the most common trick play, in quotation marks. It's pretty simple. All it is is the quarterback gets the snap, hands it off to the running back. The running back runs toward the line of scrimmage, usually. And before he gets to the line of scrimmage, he actually laterals the ball back to the quarterback, and the quarterback throws it. And so the whole point of that is you hand the ball off, and so the defense thinks it's run. And so the linebackers, the safeties, everybody is kind of collapsing in on the running back. Your wide receivers, meanwhile, are hopefully running free down the field. So when the running back tosses it back to the quarterback, there's a wide-open guy for a long play. So that's the design. Uh It's kind of high-risk, high-reward because if the defense reads it, it's usually just going to be a wasted play, an incomplete pass at best. Maybe it's an interception if you throw it into coverage or your quarterback gets sacked or something like that. But all it is, QB hands it off, running back tosses it back to him. Okay. So the football is the thing being flicked. Is the running back the the flea? I uh, have no idea. Sure. Yeah. So now I have some other questions. If the running back throws it back to the quarterback and the quarterback decides no – None of the wide receivers look good. I'm just going to run it. Is that still a flea flicker, or does he have to throw it? Uh, he does not have to throw it, and it would no longer be a flea flicker. It would be a failed flea flicker. Stick with the Fs. But he could run it if he wants to. Okay. Uh, there's no there's no obligation to throw. Okay. Okay, but it's not a flea flicker if, if he doesn't throw it. I don't think so. Is it is it enough? That's a good question. Is it enough? for it to be a flea flicker just for the running back to toss it back to him. Um, I want to say I'm going to put my vote in for no, uh, but I'll, I'll have to look it up. Okay. All right. Uh, we can get back to that another time because we have a lot to process, as always. So I also wanted to process the rules about 
extra points after a touchdown. So the reason I'm asking about this is the rules between college football and the NFL appear to differ. Uh, I watch NFL football games sometimes when, um, I, I don't know. I, you know what? There's never really a good excuse to watch the NFL. I have a fantasy <laughs> team. I still try to avoid it. But I have noticed that, yeah, the rules appear to differ. So I actually did a little research in this, and historically my understanding is if you got a touchdown in the NFL, you could either go for a two-point conversion or you could kick a field goal. Either way, the ball snapped on the two-yard line, and this changed a couple years back because kickers had near-perfect accuracy in kicking extra points, so touchdowns were in effect worth seven points, and the extra point was almost ceremonial. So they decided to make it a little bit more difficult, they said, fine, you're going for two. You can still start on the two-yard line. But if you want the extra point, you have to go back to the 15-yard line. But college doesn't work this way. Right. So, interestingly, the extra point and the two-point conversion, well, one, they happen in the same spot. They take place from the same spot. And that's not the two-yard line. It's the three-yard line. It's actually further away. And so I guess the NFL is trying to make it harder on the defense, maybe. Mm-hmm. Although an interesting logic, right, to make it much harder on the offensive team by moving the extra point back. So hard to tell exactly what the logic is, but yeah. uh, college football, you start from the three for both. And when it comes to uh, the two-point conversion, you know, you run it just like a normal play. No time goes off the clock. Uh, you just get one play to get it uh, across the goal line, and you get two points if you do. But if the other team, or like it's thinking pass or you're tackled before – the goal line you just don't get any points then you kick it off like normal after that and so you just get the six points for the touchdown but if the other team intercepts it or recovers a fumble and then is able to run it back all the way to your end zone Uh then they actually get two points so those are kind of the the basic rules of the two-point conversion you could also if you blocked an extra point and return the other team returned it for uh all the way back to your end zone you would all the team would also get two points for that which almost feels like a little bit of a ripoff because you're practically guaranteed to run that ball 99 or so yards, and then you only get two points for it. But then you you get kicked off to again. It's still your possession, right? Yeah, yeah. So then the team who scored the touchdown will still kick it uh, to the other team. So um, yeah, it's just because it's a it's kind of like a a free play, so to speak, just right. worth one or two points for the offense, and therefore just worth the two points if they cross the line for the defense. All right. Yet another reason college football is more entertaining than the NFL. See, and... And far superior. Yeah, and you you and I were talking about it. Basically, having both things occur on the same line allows teams to, you know, fake one or the other. Um, I don't know why you would fake going to for a two-point conversion and then kick an extra point, but uh, I guess you could. Anyway, again... College football more interesting is the takeaway from that. Why don't we talk some Week 8 review? Mm-hmm. All right, so the headliner game of this past weekend was the Penn State-Michigan rivalry. Penn State was favored by 11.5 points. Penn State was ranked number 2, I believe. Michigan was ranked number 19, the outcome of this game, Penn State wins 42-13. to I'm going to take this moment to gloat for a little bit. So when we talked last week, I said that this was going to cement Penn State as the Big Ten's 
top team, and I, and I think it really did. I mean, the rankings say they are, but Vegas isn't so sure, but we'll talk a little about, about that in a minute. Uh, so they outgained Michigan almost 2-1. to one. Michigan was kind of exposed as an ineffectual child. Saquon Barkley was limited to only three touchdowns. And actually, I mean, to to give some credit, that's kind of true. So those touchdowns were largely on three big plays, and it was pretty well contained otherwise. I mean, (laughs) I guess you could call him contained. But Trace McSorley, I think, was really the story here. He performed really well. But I was looking at the stats, and Penn State was four for seven on third down conversions and zero for one on four, fourth down conversions, but they had 25 first downs, which I guess in addition to punt returns and kickoff returns or whatever, they converted on first or second down more than half the time, which yeah. I think is pretty impressive. It's crazy, yeah. I mean, and especially crazy given Michigan has a good defense. I mean, th- their mm-hmm. offense has been really poor the entire season. But their defense has kept them in games. And so for Penn State to come out and do that, Saquon Barkley, one of the first plays from scrimmage for Penn yeah. State, you know, taking it a uh, nice cutback against the grain and takes it to the house was just kind of like, wow. Penn State's offense is legit. Uh, Michigan is going to get owned this entire game. And that's what happened. And Penn State's defense is really good. I mean, uh, so not only is it Saquon Barkley, Pat McSorley, they have some big wide receivers at Penn State, but they also have a really good defense, and that's a great formula uh, for winning a national championship. So Penn State looked really, really good, and Michigan looked really bad. Here's the other thing I'd say about Penn State. On my sports bucket list is to go to a whiteout oh, yeah. in Happy Valley. Dude, the whiteout amazing. looks amazing. When, when Saquon rips off that, that long run at the beginning of the game, everybody goes nuts. The only thing I can think is I just I want to be there. <laughs> like I yeah. just want to be in that environment. Looks like an insane environment, um, and so I'd love love to be in that that whiteout environment. It's incredible, great game. You know, I have just uh, a note about that. It it looked like uh, maybe, maybe this is typical. It looked like they relegated the Michigan fans to some really lousy seats on, like, their end zone in the high-up nosebleed bleacher section. that That's not typical, though, right? I thought that usually, you know, opposing teams got a, a section that was at least somewhat decent and down near the field. You usually don't get a decent section. I mean, you get, like, the worst section. You're normally not relegated to nosebleeds. Yeah. You'll get, but you'll get, like, one of those edge, you know, at, like, the corner of the end zone. Right, and the corner. Follow yeah, that sure. up, like... I'll let you get one of those, but which is pretty crappy seating. Um, but yeah, I I don't know how all that went down, you know. And then you you could oppose that to the Notre Dame Georgia game, where it seemed like the Notre Dame stadium was filled with mostly Georgia, all fans, Georgia so, fans. Yeah, it's like uh, what happened there. Um, but I really yeah, thought I mean, that more Michigan fans would travel for this, and maybe they did, and they wore white too. I didn't really see them, or maybe they just knew they were going to lose by. 30 points and didn't show up. Yeah, that's probably wise. All right. Welcome to Happy Valley, I guess. All right. Next, we have USC, ranked number 11, playing against Notre Dame, number 13. Notre Dame was favored by four points. Final score, Notre Dame 49 to USC's 14. I think every commentator was saying the exact same thing, 
as this game was happening and then after it was over, they said, I'm not surprised Notre Dame won. I'm just surprised by how much. Notre Dame looked really good. They rushed for 377 yards, and Josh Adams, their junior running back, I think, ran for 191 of those with three touchdowns. So, yeah, Notre Dame looked really solid. USC struggled a lot, like we've seen kind of all season. It, it frankly surprises me that they hold on to that, or that they held on to that number 11 ranking. Anyway, yeah, Notre Dame's really good. Plus, they have a player named Equinemius St. Brown or something. Yeah, that's a solid name, I think. <laughs> it's really great. It sounds like an old-timey silent movie villain or something. <laughs> old-timey silent movie villain with a name. I like that. Yeah. You can't really say. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah I think the... Uh, I mean, this game, it was... It was amazing watching Notre Dame. I loved it. They just completely destroyed USC. And, I mean, Notre Dame's dominance started with what we've come to now expect from Sam Darnold, and that's a turnover. Yeah. Right? I mean, he just – he we've talked about this he before. The ball. He just – he turns the ball over. He's good for a couple turnovers, turnovers every game. And you just can't win like that. You can't continue to win like that. And so, I mean, the reason USC was up high in the rankings at the beginning of the season, this, the reason they're still 11 – is with Sam Darnold and that talent, you do have the opportunity to have a great team, but you can't continually commit turnovers and expect to win uh, against good teams. And so, I mean, Notre Dame just dominated them, dominated them in every facet of the game. I think, I mean, the other big story coming out of this is, does the Pac-12 get anybody in the playoff? Right. I mean, we and, were saying that, yeah, the Big 12 was almost certainly out of playoff contention, but now what about the Pac-12? It's going to be a hard case to make that the Pac-12 champion should be in the college football playoff. The Pac-12 just looks down. I mean, after Washington and Washington State, their losses, USC now has a couple losses, Stanford has a couple losses, uh -huh. uh, and they still all kind of have to play each other. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it's like... It's it's hard to see. The reason I say it's hard to see a Pac-12 champion in the college football playoff is because it's hard to see a Pac-12 champion that doesn't have two losses. That you know that only has that one loss. So yeah, it's it's looking tough for the Pac-12. So Notre Dame looked dominant. Penn State looked dominant. Did you see anything in this game that concerns you if they were to play against, say, Alabama in the college football playoffs? No. No. Still, Alabama is light years ahead of both these programs. Notre Dame has some talent. They have some speed. Yeah. But, I, I mean, I, I don't see anything that, I guess I'm saying rat poison. Are we the media now? I don't know. Are we the media? <laughs> um, I'm serving up rat poison. But uh, if Alabama plays like they can, uh -huh. then I don't see anything that's like, man, that's tough. Like, I don't see on Notre Dame's team a Saquon Barkley. Okay. But to that's quote like, you from last week, Mark, it's Notre Dame. You just don't understand. It's Notre Dame. <laughs> that's a that's a very interesting invitation of me. I like that. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, there's a they have a lot of tradition behind them. That's why people are going to rank them high, even though they may, may not deserve to be. I mean, have you seen Rudy, Jason? Um, sorry, I was trying to do that. I actually that. haven't but, seen Rudy. Holy crap, how are we doing? We should just shut it down right now. Wow. Um, you should go watch Rudy. Do you know who Newt Brockney is? You ever heard that name? Uh, I've seen the end of Rudy, question. so I feel like I've seen it. But maybe you're right. Maybe, maybe I do need what? to watch that. Let's see if it's on Netflix. 
Yikes. Next week, we'll, um, we'll just forego all the reviews and previews, and Mark and I will just sit here and watch Rudy together and give our commentary. You can enjoy it with us. That'd be great. No, yeah, I think, uh, you know, they have that mystique, or they used to, the mystique, the tradition, they still have the histories there. Yeah. I would love to see them be back, but I'm not, I don't watch them and be like, man, Bama's really going to have trouble with X, Y, or Z. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, follow up question. Uh, of the college football teams out there, who do you think Bama would struggle with the most? I mean, granted, you know, like anybody could lose any game. Clearly, we've seen that, but, uh, but uh, if they played, I don't know, a hundred times, who would who would beat Bama the the most out of those hundred games? Oh, man, I mean, Penn State looks pretty good. Yeah, the, the offensive and defensive balance they have is scary. And you're going to have to be a balanced team. And the other thing is, you're going to have to be a team that's balanced and can't that doesn't make too many mistakes. Mm-hmm. And so, Penn State and Georgia look like those teams to me mm-hmm. uh, that can really do that. Another team that would just – I just don't want to play. Um, I would say there's two other teams that UAB immediately, and immediately come to mind that I don't want to play. Well, apparently the University of Alabama doesn't want to play UAB. That's a whole other story. But um, – and that is uh, Ohio State because Urban Meyer's the coach. Yeah. So nothing necessarily done on the field, but just you give Urban Meyer 30 days to plan for a game. I just don't like it, and they do have a lot of talent. Uh, yeah. And Oklahoma. You know, Baker Mayfield at any point could go off and pull a Johnny Manziel type game. And I just, I don't like that, that wild card sort of, what is this guy going to do? And if he gets hot, he's going to be unstoppable. Mm-hmm. Like that, those sorts of teams, those are the teams I don't want to play. And so out of that, Penn State might be the team I would want to play the least. Mm-hmm. But I think what Penn State does, Alabama does better. I see. So. Okay. Fair. All right, let's not get too sidetracked here. We still have a few games to review. Next up, Oklahoma State, ranked number 10, playing against unranked Texas. They were a six-point favorite. They ended up winning this game in overtime, 13-10. to So I watched the three-minute highlight reel and was bored by it. Oklahoma State outgained Texas by nearly 150 yards. They had 26 first downs. Why couldn't they score? What was going on here? I don't know, but this this was an enigma. I mean, I mean, some of it's got to be Oklahoma State, but you also got to give kudos to Texas. Sure. I mean, keeping an offense like Oklahoma State down to ten points, and I think the the part of the key of Texas being better, you know, I mean, they started the season off by giving up fifty one to Maryland. Mm-hmm. Uh, their defense has continually gotten a lot better, and when I've when I've had moments to watch Texas. I've been very impressed with how their defense has developed. They're flying around to the football. They tackle. They're tackling better. Uh, they hit hard. All those sort of things. And so to keep Oklahoma State to ten points in regulation is kind of insane. And then, I mean, I don't know. oh, how the game ended. Did you see the last play of the game? Wait, hang on. Remind me. So it's third down. It's it's overtime. It's third down. Oklahoma State has only gotten a field goal. Right, so mm-hmm. all you need is a field goal to tie, go to second overtime. It's third down, and Sam Ellinger is, you know, he's their quarterback is scrambling around, and he doesn't have anybody open. So instead of just throwing it away, he's outside of the pocket. He's throwing it where he wants to. He lofts it like in the middle of the end zone, right to an Oklahoma State player who intercepts it, 
and the game is over. And that I was sucks. like, what are you what are you doing? You had another down, like just throw it away. Yeah. Make a field goal on fourth down and then you go into it. So it was just kind of, I think everyone was just kind of like, what? what Wait, you? now someone you mentioned last week basically made the opposite mistake where they didn't have another ta- down. They threw it away on fourth down. Was that a Texas player as well? It was the same quarterback, I think. Are yeah. you serious? Yeah, yeah. He listened yeah. to our podcast and he was like, oh, I'm going to throw it in the middle of the end. <laughs> just like Mark told Sam, him. Sam, it's not fourth down, man. You got another down. Oh man, that's I didn't put that together. That's amazing. That yeah. is the same dude. Gosh, he's wow. having some trouble in high pressure situations at the end of these games. Mm. Oh wow. What if he actually he listened to our podcast at me? <laughs> like, I need some tips. I should I need to process college football. He's like, you oh, know, I wonder, I wonder if maybe he was at my sister's wedding. My sister was going around telling people that you and I had the number one podcast in the college football subcategory and it was only when I heard this from a couple people that came up to me that I went up to her and I was like where did you get that we don't I mean we have the number one podcast overall but somehow we're still number two in college football in general <laughs> please tell me please tell me that your sister is actually saying this because that's wonderful. No, she totally is. She she was very confused when I corrected her. She's like, I thought it was the number one. I was like, I'm flattered that you think that after starting a show from nothing, you know, seven weeks later, we would be the number one in our category. I mean, look, we, we are big names in college football. So no, we're experts. It's, it's, a little, it's a little shocking that we're not number one, but yeah, that's amazing. I love that. Yeah, I just keep spreading the word. So, I mean, he might have been at that wedding and he'd be like, oh, wait, you know, like, I got to listen to these guys. They they probably have some valid opinions. That's Uh, amazing. Anyway, wow, that's crazy. Uh, Next up, we have Oklahoma ranked number nine playing against Kansas State. Oklahoma, a 13 point favorite. They won this game 42 to 35. Oklahoma at one point was trailing 21 to 7. And I feel like we've seen this before from Oklahoma come from behind wins. Sometimes, like with Iowa State, they come from behind to still not win. Here they actually came from behind. They took the lead. They get up to 35 28, and K State ties it with a couple minutes left in the game. Oklahoma barely, barely avoided this going into overtime. Oklahoma snaps the ball on Kansas State's 22 yard line with like 11 seconds left. And they rush. Rodney Anderson runs one in for the touchdown to win the game. Still, it shouldn't have been so close. Can can we put Oklahoma football on the struggle bus? I think. I mean, I think they are on the struggle bus. I mean, they. And <clears throat> I'll go back to a word I've used. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say a word I've used consistently, which is inconsistent. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, they're just not playing consistent football, man. If Oklahoma, right, one of the reasons I'd be scared to play them, if they play their best game, they can play with anybody, including yeah. Alabama. But they play down to their competition or up to their competition. So, man, okay, uh, you know, big game against Ohio State. They beat you in your home place last year. Yeah, we'll get up for that, and we'll play a heck of a football game and look like one of the top teams in the country. Kansas State comes to town, who, by the way, I think this is right, whose only win was against Southeastern Missouri State yeah. before this. Wait, is, is that right? I think that's right. You know, you're playing them, and you almost lose the game. 
like and not like oh Kansas State started hot and then you come back and win or come back and take the lead and then put it away. You come back and take the lead and then you give it up again. You know, I mean, it was like a back and forth sort of game. It's like they were never able to really take control of the game, uh, especially their defense. And so, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, Oklahoma doesn't look very good right now. No. I agree. And actually, I think it's Kansas that has the one win over. Okay. So Kansas State was the one that Vandy beat that put them, you know, into the conversation. They have three wins, and we went over those last week against, like, Akron and other teams that, I don't know, I barely ever heard of. I just forget, Big 12 has three horrible teams, and so... Yeah, well, and maybe not that many more mediocre teams, or maybe a lot more mediocre teams. Remind me who Baylor's beaten. Oh, you know what? I I thought of this the other day. Uh, no one. Yeah, yeah, cool. They have no wins still. Let me ask you this. So their coach, Bears. their coach, Matt Rule, I think is his name. He uh-huh. comes into this program last year. I think people were like, "Oh, thank God! You know, this is a good hire." I mean, it's a program fraught with tons of problems. If he goes zero and twelve, I mean, does he doesn't get fired after his first year, right? Uh, I, I don't think you can. I mean, well, you can obviously. I think it would be bad to. Yeah. I think it would be a bad idea. You got a guy who's willing to come in as you're coming off some, as you're in the middle of a lot of controversy, yeah. as willing to take that job. I think you need to. You should stick with him and at least give him another year. Now, if you go two years of like 0-12 or 1-11 and or something, mm-hmm. you just need a different coach. But I would ride it out for now. I mean, it's just you, you're decimated. Yeah. Uh, Player-wise, morale-wise, everything-wise. And so he bought into you, and you gotta you got to invest in him, I think. Yeah, I think that's fair. All right, and the final game to review before we get into our quick pick reviews is the Alabama-Tennessee game. Alabama number one, a 34-point favorite. Alabama covers that spread to win 45-7. to Thoughts? Uh, yeah, you know, I, I thought <laughs> it sounds weird after beating Tennessee 45-7. to We didn't look great. <laughs> uh, offense, especially rat poison. Continue. Yeah, rat. Yeah. Well, now I'm I'm trying to, I'm trying to get the rat. Oh, that's the anti-rat poison. Yeah, the rat poison. Yeah. Here you go, Saban. Nick, you listening, buddy? Um, <laughs> he is. He he listens every week, and he tweets us. He said, "My feelings are hurt. Be, be nicer to the players." That's amazing. That's a good Nick Saban impersonation. That's really good. Better than the impersonation you did of me, I think. Um, so, yeah, anyway, I think uh, offensively we struggled a lot. Uh, and it's interesting, well, I can't quite say that, but um, there were several things that were bothersome. We got, I mean, like into the first quarter, we were up 7 to nothing. It's terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, and we put it into gear. There are a couple of I saw a couple of things where it's like we kind of went tempo, you know, sped up like how quickly we were snapping the ball and things like that, and uh, things took off from there. And eventually, I mean, but like I've said before, it's like okay, so you start off sluggish. Okay, well, Damian Harris isn't doing you know his normal seventy-five yard touchdown runs at the beginning of every game. 
Uh, we'll just put in, put in Bo Scarborough. Okay, well, maybe that's not working out. Well, then put in Josh Jacobs. Okay, and then put in Najee Harris. There's just an endless amount of four- and five-star athletes that you have back there to continue to put in to see which combination is going to work. Mm-hmm. Um, but eventually, you know, the offense clicked, and it was fine. Uh, we also gave up a touchdown to Tennessee, which was kind of embarrassing, yeah. honestly. How did that happen? Um, it was an interception, uh, wasn't it? Yeah, so it was Tua. Tua, our backup QB, was in at the beginning of the third quarter. And uh, he, he actually, man, when he gets in the game, our offense looks pretty smooth. I think he's a better passer. Mm. I think just like being able to read defenses and work through his progression, he's a lot more natural at it than Jalen is. Uh, Jalen's a phenomenal leader, can do stuff with his legs. He's got an incredible arm, but something about the way Tua goes through his progressions and a when it's a a pass play is just it, it's very pretty. Uh, but so it, the offense is moving down the field. We're in the red zone. We're about to score, and Tua just threw a really ill-advised pass. He didn't see the linebacker there and threw a pick right to him and the guy returned it you know for a touchdown um but so that's how they got their touchdown so it wasn't our defense didn't give up a a touchdown to tennessee's offense that would have been far more embarrassing um but we did give up a touchdown to tennessee which hadn't happened in like 12 quarters or something like it was something absurd right yeah um so that, that that was kind of embarrassing when that happened but um, our defense is pretty amazing. Uh, only gave up you know, a little over 100 yards. We outgained them by almost 500 yards. The other kind of, but the other weakness is our punt return is just bad. Like we've dropped several punts. We had a punt, um, and we've tried several different people. This time we had Xavier Marks back there. He. Uh, caught a punt and then was returning it, kind of lost where he was. Guy caught him from behind, he fumbled it, and we turned it over. So the turnovers are starting to happen. Um, but it's a good time for a bye week. You know, we can focus on those things, get them cleaned up. But we just didn't look as sharp as I would have liked for us to have looked. Um, but Saban loves that sort of thing, right? Sure. So he can use you get a win. You, you win 45-7 to seven, uh, against a rival, and yet there are very clear things to point out that you can clean up. So you mm-hmm. get the win, but you also have very, uh, uh, very good coaching opportunities. And the bye, you know, we get rested up and then come back against LSU. On the whole, I mean, as a team, Alabama looks great. Mm-hmm. Um, passing offense with Jalen Hurts is, you know, by far the most concerning thing, but we still have the best, I think, total yardage offense in uh, the SEC because we run for almost 300 yards a game. And so, man, our defense looks good. Uh, I'm excited about where we are. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think we'll get to the SEC championship game undefeated against Georgia most likely. And then, you know, that's a play-in game from there. So Alabama's in good shape, man. All right. Let's start with our quick picks from week eight. So we had Wisconsin, number five, playing Maryland. Maryland, a 23-and-a-half-point dog. Wisconsin wins 38-13. to 13. LSU, who crept into the rankings at 24, played Ole Miss. LSU was expected to win that game by 7-and-a-half. They win it by 16 with a score of 40-24. to 24. All right, so UAB played Charlotte. UAB was expected to win this game by 7.5 points. 
Charlotte won in overtime, 25-24. to So UAB went on the road and lost to Charlotte, an 0-7 team. Pardon me, now a 1-7 team. Okay, so UAB is still expected to win games against Rice and UTEP, which would get them into a bowl game. Okay, so here's an interesting point. I know this is a quick pick, and we don't usually talk too long about this, but I was looking at some of uh, Bill Connolly's stats. I don't know if you know him. He writes for SB Nation. So he has these really detailed projections of how teams are going to do, etc., etc. So I look at them from time to time. And here's something interesting, but maybe not surprising. So UAB has five more games left this year. They're projected to win against UTEP and Rice, as I said. He he says that they have about an 89% chance of winning bo- like each of those games independently. Okay. So then the other three games they're playing are Southern Miss, University of Texas, San Antonio, and Florida. Uh, those games are expected to lose. Against Southern Miss, they only have a 21% chance of winning. Against UTSA, 29% chance of winning. Florida, they have a 34% chance of winning, higher than both Southern Miss and uh, University of Texas San Antonio. No. no, no. Yes. Terrible. I know. So, I I don't know. That's more than one in three. I really think that we can compete in that game. And to do it in Florida would just... Man. What I really hope happens is that that is the game that we win that gets us into a bowl game. Especially if it's the game that also denies Florida a bowl game. That would be... <laughs> I don't even know what to say. If UAB and Florida are battling it out to see who goes to a bowl game. <laughs> and UAB wins the battle. I don't... I just... I don't. I really don't know what I would do. I would... I would laugh cry like not 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 cry because i'm laughing i would like weep for florida and rejoice for maybe it would just be this weird mix of emotions i think i'd be mainly excited because you know what florida you should be better that's just all there is to it all right next we had uh ucf playing navy ucf was ranked number 20 uh they were expected to win by seven they won by 10 31 to 21 and then FSU played Louisville and lost. They were supposed to win this by five and a half when we previewed it, but that line got closer as the game got closer. And Louisville won 31-28. to 28. FSU loses another one. It's been a tough season for them. Did you happen to catch Jimbo yelling at a fan at the end of the game? <laughs> I didn't see him, actually. I didn't see him doing it, but I saw his conversation <laughs> or his interview afterwards which was funny yeah he was unapologetic i don't blame him the kid was basically saying he should be fired which is ridiculous considering his record overall and the fact that he's won a title with them i just like listening to jimbo fisher talk and he was like no all i'm saying is just keep coming to the games you know sports it's like what He's telling him to get. He told him to come on down here and say it to your face. <laughs> that's right. He said, "Get your ass down here and say it to my face." Like, that's not. That's not the same as. No, just keep supporting us. You know, cheer, cheer for football. We're, we're showing up for you. You show up for us. Like that, those are not the same things. But yeah, but if you're, unless you're showing up to fight. So yeah, the Florida State football is not a good place. No, not right now. All right. Are you ready to talk some week nine? 
Oh, yeah. All right, here's our week nine preview. It's going to be a whole day of team sports and beer. Get the old heart rate up. Maybe pound a cheeseburger in the sun. Throw some butter on it. You're going to love it. All right, so once again, we are starting the preview with Penn State. Ranked number two, playing against Ohio State, ranked number six. Vegas has Ohio State winning this one by seven points. So this is a game on Saturday at 3.30 p.m. My honest opinion here, I think people are too high on Ohio State. Um, I, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, that's a pretty – I mean, it's an interesting line to take after uh, what Penn State has done – season safe on Barkley the defense that Penn State has what they just did to Michigan right Um, and and what is Ohio State's signature win right now I don't even know I mean they have a loss to Oklahoma I mean I don't know what's their big win and where is this coming from I mean I always want to be down on Ohio State but I think I'm a little bit right to be this year well Well, maybe not down but down compared to Penn State hmm Here's what I think it is. I think, uh, you know, Oklahoma got up to that game and they're a good football team when they play up to their potential. Um, But the teams they have played, and I mean, at this point, especially in college football, the way it is right now, uh, if you're beating who you're supposed to beat uh, by a large margin, then you should be rewarded for that. Mm -hmm. And so when you look at, they played Rutgers. Rutgers is terrible. Mm -hmm. Uh, But they beat them 56 to nothing. Sure. They beat... Maryland 62 to 14 uh-huh. and Nebraska 56 to 14 two of those games on the road two of those three games I just mentioned on the road they beat a pretty decent army team 38 uh-huh. to 7 Indiana I think is a little bit better than we thought and they yeah. beat them 921 okay um, so they're beating these teams by a lot they yeah just, so I think they I haven't think played anyone great that, right and so the question is in a big game can are they going to be able to play uh, you know, good football and get up for it. And like when you're sometimes, if you just have better talent and you get on the field and you're bigger, stronger, and faster, mm-hmm. executing the details doesn't matter. And so you just run people over and you score a ton and you crush teams. But then if you get somebody who can match you talent wise, it is about the details of execution. And I think that's what you saw in the Oklahoma game. They just didn't execute the details like they should. Mm-hmm. And Oklahoma did, and um, so coming into this game, is it possible that Ohio State just shows up and at home takes yeah, out Penn State? Yeah, they were playing State? in Columbus. That's true. But they lost to Oklahoma in Columbus, you know. So right. I mean, it's kind of like, I mean, their big games are at home, but I, I don't know. I, I'm with you. I think Penn State um, should win this game. I think the combination of McSorley and Barkley is Uh good. I think Penn State's defense is really uh, what's going to win it for them. Um, How's Ohio State's run defense? I mean, it's fine, but again, like who have they who have they played? Not Um, Saquon Barkley. You know, the big thing going to the Oklahoma game is uh, the defensive. The guy who coaches the defensive line, D coordinator, um, was talking about. It's the Ohio State's the best defensive line he's ever coached, et cetera, et cetera, and he's coached some pretty good defensive lines. And then Oklahoma kind of had their way. Like mm-hmm. uh, They made their defensive line look pretty average. 
Uh-huh. And so Penn State's offense is good. Their run offense is really good. Uh, again, McSorley, big wide receivers, and a good defense. I think Penn State's the better all-around team. Yeah. Um, and I think I'm going to pick them to win. All right. What do you have the score at? I'm going to have the score at something like 31-21. Yeah, I have a 35-31, but I, I do have them winning. All right. Next, let's talk about 14th-ranked NC State playing Notre Dame at Notre Dame uh, at South Bend. Notre Dame supposed to win 7.5 points. This is a game played on Saturday at 3.30 as well. I actually... I don't I don't know why, but I feel like these might actually be pretty evenly matched. Um, so here's what I'm predicting. I think there'll be a ton of back and forth. It might not be the most high-scoring affair. I, I still think it'll probably be entertaining. I don't think Notre Dame covers a spread, but I do have them winning 21 to 17. Yeah, I've got I've got basically the same thing. Um, uh, I love, uh, NC State's a good football team. Notre Dame's good. This is going to be a great football game. Um, if you're going to watch two solid football teams play each other and see what college football is supposed to be about, I think this is a game you want to watch this weekend. Um, and I used to live in the Raleigh area. The NC State fans are like true fans. The They are hardly ever good at football. Right, that's yet. what I thought. So, I mean, but since do, I've been following it, NC State... I, th- I don't know. They've had some good seasons, but I didn't think that they were historically that great. No, no, no. And they're not. But their fan base is committed, man. We live we lived, uh, close to some hardcore NC State fans. And they just love their teams, man. They love their school, which is awesome. So mm-hmm. I love I love seeing NC State uh, being good. I love seeing, seeing them be competitive in the ACC, uh, even have a shot at the ACC championship. Yeah. So I love that. Um, but I think Notre Dame's a better football team. I think they're going to win, uh, but I don't think they cover. So I got uh, Notre Dame winning 28-24. Okay. All right. Next we have TCU, number four, playing newly ranked Iowa State, who is number 25. Iowa State is a seven-point underdog here. Another 3.30 game. We have a lot of games on Saturday at 3.30. So all, all the big games are at 3.30. That's amazing. I don't know it's why great. they do this. So Iowa State is now ranked. Uh, I think they're a plucky little football team. Um, but, is it, but is it the win against Oklahoma that gets them out here? I guess they shut out Kansas and they beat Texas Tech. So, okay, fine. They can be ranked. Um, I guess, sorry, I was almost going to like... <laughs> okay, fine, Cyclones. You can be right, he, says Jason. He, here's why I was a little suspicious. I was actually thinking maybe because like, it's you, it, you're suspicious because it's Iowa State. That too, but also like conspiratorially, I was thinking that someone put them at 25 just to make Oklahoma's loss to them look better. <laughs> um, but I guess they deserve it. So all right, Cyclones. Um, I don't think they win this week, so I think they fall out of the top 25, which is sad. Uh, I have TCU winning this game, forty-one to twenty-eight. Yeah, I uh, I think TCU wins. I think they cover. Um, I'll say thirty-five uh, twenty-seven. TCU. Let me, let me ask you this: Do you think TCU is a good team? I mean, they're undefeated, but do you think they're I, good? I, 
I think they're a pretty good team. Okay. I mean, I, I don't think they're up there with the Penn States, Alabamas, or Georgias of the world. Yeah. Um, but they are a good football team, and I think on any given day uh, they can hang with you. You know, sure. it's funny to see Kenny Hill playing quarterback at TCU after being at Texas A&M, and uh, he started off hot and then just – fell apart including a 59 to nothing loss at the hands of Alabama yeah. and then he transferred and so now he's come back which is which is cool to see and sure. TCU's got a great defense right and uh, if actually if these rankings hold and they uh, everything stays the same then he could be playing against Alabama again in the first round of the college football playoff so absolutely I mean and if, so if TCU runs the table you know we we're talking about the Big 12 earlier but if TCU runs the table Big 12 will have a representative and it'll yeah. be the Horned Frogs and you gotta love the Horned Frogs as a mascot. That's yeah, great. no, it's a, it is a good mascot. All right, next we have Oklahoma State, number eleven, West Virginia, number twenty-two, playing at West Virginia. Oklahoma State expected to win by a uh, little over a touchdown here. This is a noon game on Saturday. I have Oklahoma State winning thirty-eight to thirty, so barely covering this spread. Yeah, I'll take Oklahoma State by a little bit more. I'm gonna say Oklahoma State. Uh, 38-24. All right. The last game I put on our preview list is Michigan State, number 16, playing against Northwestern. Michigan State is only expected to win by two and a half points. They are playing at Northwestern, which I've been told is a very pretty campus. Um, this is another Saturday at 3.30 game. All these games are going to be over by 7 o'clock. I have Michigan State winning this twenty-seven to seventeen. Yeah, I think it'll be a it'll be a classic Big Ten sort of battle, uh, slogging it out in the trenches. Um, but I think old Sparty pulls it out, stays undefeated in Big Ten play. Um, I mean, an interesting story in the Big Ten is to see what Michigan State is going to do because uh, Penn State plays Ohio State this week, and then next week they get Michigan State. And so uh, Michigan State might come in against Penn State undefeated in the Big Ten, and that could be a pretty big game. Would love to see it. Um, again, know some Michigan State fans, great fan base, um, and so I'd love to see them get the W. I'll take Michigan State 24-13. All right, excellent. All right, let's get into our quick picks. We have <laughs> – I put this one on here kind of as a joke. Tennessee playing Kentucky. Although Kentucky is favored to win by five Saturday at seven thirty p.m., I think they're playing. They're playing at Kentucky, right? Uh, I don't know. I think they are. All right. So <laughs> I've read a bunch of articles that say that this is a must-win game for Butch Jones, and if he doesn't win this, he's fired. Um, I I don't know at this point. You know, like how much worse can it get? Whoever you put in here afterwards is not going to make it any better. I just, uh, I think that they could ride it out for the rest of the season at this point. They might, they might. Embarrassing losses. Yeah, they, they might ride it out and just let Butch Jones take all the heat for all the losses yeah. and kick him out the door. All right, what do you have this game? Uh, Kentucky wins 28-17. I actually think that it's going to be 28-24. Tennessee wins. I saw the way Kentucky lost that game to Florida. I just, I don't know. I, I don't I don't know that they uh, they can they can succeed. 
I just I don't have a lot of faith in them. <laughs> Sorry, Kentucky. Know. Sorry, Kentucky. You cannot succeed. You can't succeed. <laughs> Wait till basketball season. I mean, oh my give goodness, me a break. that's wonderful. All right, Clemson's playing Georgia Tech. Clemson expected to win by 14.5 points Saturday at 8 p.m. I say Clemson wins this. I think Georgia Tech's an okay or a pretty good football team. I think they give them a little trouble. I, I say 31 to 21. Yeah, 14.5's a, a big spread. Um, and Clemson's coming back from the bye off that loss from Syracuse. I'm sure they worked on a lot, but I don't know. They might be a little bit uh, sluggish. Well, in the old triple option, you know, it's always good to have a buy going to triple option. We'll, we'll process the triple option next week. I don't really know go. what that is. <laughs> okay, um, man, I, I re- I'm really close to picking Georgia Tech to win this out. No kidding. Um, I mean, Clemson's defense against Syracuse, they could not stop them running the ball, and that's what Georgia Tech does, man. Um, but. I'm going to stick with Clemson, but I don't think they. I don't think they cover. Uh, I think it'll be. Oh man, it's hard to under. It's hard to know given the injuries that Clemson has. What is Kelly Bryant mm. going to be like? Sure. Right. Uh, is he coming back? We don't know yet. Yeah, that's it. There's, there's some big question marks here for Clemson, but I can't quite pull the trigger. Uh, I'll take Clemson in a close one, 24-21. All right. We have 15th-ranked Washington State playing against Arizona. I think Vegas has lost a lot of faith in Washington State here. (laughs) They only have them expected to win this one by three. So this is a Saturday at 9.30 game. I I think that line is actually pretty fair. I'm going to say they win it 31-27. to I'll say Washington State wins... um... It's a little hard to before before everything happened where everybody decided to suck at the same time. Sure, I would have had this much higher scoring, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, But you get beat by Cal. (laughs) I mean, embarrassed by Cal, really, not just beat. Yeah, I I didn't intend to laugh, but it just kind (laughs) of happened. it's just it's hard to gauge anything. I'm going to go 28-24 Washington State wins. All right, uh, another team that oh because is... dude Arizona. Well, never mind. Go ahead. No wait, what's going on with Arizona? I think they got a, they got a good quarterback. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, I'm excited to watch. All right, USC, another team that I think Vegas has lost a little bit of faith in. Ranked number 21 currently, but on a downward trajectory, playing off against Arizona State, who is on a little bit of an upward tra- trajectory, playing yeah. uh, another late-night game at 10.45 p.m. Jeez. on Saturday. I don't know. I'm I'm actually going to say that USC continues to uh, flounder. I think Arizona State is going to win this one. Yeah, Arizona State, I think, I think it's a good call. I like that call. Um, Arizona State is on an upward trajectory what they did to Washington and they come back with another win. I'm going to go Arizona State wins as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm going to go with 27-24 they win. Mm -hmm. And I'm really thinking about changing my Arizona-Washington State pick. Oh, do it. Do it. Uh, And I'm going to take Arizona to beat Washington. 
State, yeah. What do you have the score at? Uh, we'll say 24-21, Arizona. All right. All right. Uh, I, I, I like the, the state of Arizona. All right. Let's head down south to the UAB Southern Miss game. So this is a rivalry game. You know, this was actually the first college football game I ever went to. Uh, I went with um, one of our fans, Philsbury Doughboy, and it's the first game I ever watched in person. I don't exactly remember what happened, but I remember it being really, really, really exciting. UAB was not expected to win. I think they were supposed to lose by like nine, but they ended up winning, and it was at home. And uh, it was actually just like a couple years before they shut down the program. But it was an exciting game. Do I think UAB wins again this year? Obviously, yes. I think actually they win by like a modest amount, like maybe like 40 points or something. But I think the final score is 39 to Southern Miss negative one. <laughs> the old... <laughs> The uh, the old minus one extra point. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think uh, UAB is going to win, although it'll be a tough one. You know, it's not like they're playing Florida or anything, so no. it'll be a little tough. <laughs> no, that's true. Uh, so, I think I, I'll take UAB by one. All right. This is a Saturday 7 p.m. game. I don't think it'll on television. You know what channel the UAB game was on last week? It, th- they've actually played on this channel a couple times. It's called... Be in sports. I don't know what that is or who owns that network, but that is a terrible name. It's actually spelled B E I N, like to be in sports. But when you just say it, it almost sounds like, hey, did you get an A in sports? No, I got a B in sports. (laughs) I could do better. (laughs) You could be watching ESPN now, but you're watching B in sports. Uh, You're watching the B team. (laughs) That's fantastic. All right, finally we have, uh, again, kind of a joke, as most of these SEC matchups are, Arkansas playing against Ole Miss. Ole Miss is actually expected to win this by three and a half points. Um, this is a noon game on Saturday, but their their quarterback, Shea Patterson, is out for the rest of the season. So, I, I don't know. I mean, Arkansas is not a good team, but... Uh, I don't know. This is like one of those games impossible to guess. Like, who's going to suck more is basically what you're trying to ask. I I choose to say Arkansas sucks more. Ole Miss wins. They win by two. Two. They win by by a safety. Yeah. All right. So they they win but don't cover. Yeah. I, I think that's actually fair because that way, really, neither team wins. All right. So uh, that's actually all we have for this week. Again, you can find us on iTunes uh, and Google Play. I think you can only rate us and review us on iTunes, so please take a moment to do that. It really helps with our rankings. I mean, I know I said we were number one overall, uh, but number two in the college football podcast. So if you review uh, and give us five stars, it'll help us get that one extra spot, and, and we really need that. So that we, can... we don't we don't want to be in sports. No, we don't want to be in sports. <laughs> and also, we we need to make sure that Texas's quarterback, you know, continues to pay attention to us. And if we're not number one in that ranking, then he'll he'll just get, go to whoever is. So he still you're has a lot point, to learn. You're pointing out that that was the same quarterback was incredible. Was... <laughs> <laughs> wow, <laughs> it's going to take me a while to get over that. 
All right, so for Processing College Football, I'm Jason, and that is Mark. Thank you for tuning in. Have a good week.